I'm Scott. This is Gavin. And I'm Craig. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 62 of Major's Mess Hall. Uh, we're probably going to have some new listeners listening in to us this time, so we're going to do a quick introduction on who we are and what we're doing. So uh, my name is Gavin, and I'm uh, 34, originally from, well I'm almost 34, originally from the UK, but I'm now living in Nova Scotia, Canada. And uh, we've got Craig, Craig's on the line, Craig's back in the UK, he's also 34, well 34 in like two weeks Craig. 33 next week. You're not 33, mate. You're 34. You're 33 now. Oh, I'm sorry now. Jesus yeah, Christ. 34 next Friday. Yeah. So that, that gives you an idea of what Craig's like. <laughs> anyway, and we've also got uh, Scott. Scott is uh, 54, and he is from Chicago. Dude, uh, in the States. are you serious, man? Are you serious? How old are you then? Forty-four, not fifty-four. Oh, all right, yeah, just a grey beard it throws me off. No, I'm only joking. Scott's uh, considerably older than us two boys, um, but yeah. Anyway, we're a comedy podcast brought together. But can we really be called that? Why? We're, I mean, we got more than comedy now. You know, it's more variety than comedy. No, but people. Okay, basically, we're comedy because people like to laugh at us, not with us, okay. at us. So we just yeah. kind of call ourselves a comedy podcast so that our feelings aren't here too much, basically. Um, but yeah, no, the basis is that basically the three of us are friends. I've, I've known Craig my whole life, and uh, we met Scott via our mutual love for the uh, Canadian TV show Trailer Park Boys, um, which is filmed here in Nova Scotia, and that's kind of where we all, were all brought together. It was another friend of ours, Dave, um, known as Major. That was what we called him, the, the Major, and uh, he sadly passed away. And doing this podcast was a way to kind of uh, make make it feel like he was still with us because the four of us used to talk together all the time. And it kind of just went on from there. And now we're into our third year now doing this podcast. We've had some amazing guests on from uh, authors to pop stars to actors. Like it's, it's just such an a, eclectic mix of people. Um, and we're really having fun along the way. We do pub crawls every year. Our first one was in uh, Canada and uh, Craig and Scott flew over to me and we did a really amazing pub crawl in the city of Halifax and then the following year we went to Chicago to meet Scott and uh, we did a pub crawl there as well and that was fantastic and this year it's back in Halifax and there's talk of it being in the UK next year so yeah that's basically it really we're just a comedy podcast and uh, and I think now I'm going to mention who our guest is for this episode so we were really lucky to talk to somebody that is from uh, one of the biggest, in fact, I'm going to say go, go on record and say the biggest comedy show in the UK. His name is John Chalice, and he's best known for playing Boise on Only Fools and Horses. And John was nice enough to give us his time and talk to us for the podcast. So me and Scott, um, last week there, we spoke to John on the phone and we had a really interesting chat. So we're going to be playing that out shortly but I mean what what an what an amazing guy he is and it was so great to talk to him like just about Only Fools and Horses and he's also written four books so we were talking about that we were talking about his gardening um, just a lot of random stuff really but it was a great conversation and uh, yeah can't wait for you guys to hear it just as nice as can be man I, we learned a lot from him and I, I really enjoyed this pod yeah, it was it was wonderful to talk to him. I mean, for the, for the, our North American listeners, which is most of our listeners are North American, because we haven't really branched out into the UK yet. But that's kind of what we're trying to do now. Um, Only Fools and Horses is is probably the, the the best way to describe it is it's probably the Seinfeld slash Friends equivalent in the UK, um, and and it's it, it's still popular today. They they stopped filming it in two thousand and three. But it's just it's shown on reruns all the time, and it's just whenever they do like a countdown of like the top ten best British sitcoms ever, um, it's always at the top, always number one. It's always only Fools and Horses, and uh, you know you've got the likes of Faulty Towers in there as well, and Blackadder, and uh, you know different things like that. But 
only fills and horses is always at the top it's won so many different awards and to have john come on and talk to us was just like it, it blew, blew us away really i mean he's an author he does one man uh shows you know and uh he, he tells stories and all that at his shows and q and a's and really i can't say enough about him i mean he, he's you know i didn't know a lot about him so after doing the research and all that i, I really looked forward to talking to him and it, it paid off man that guy was great so we got that coming up but before we listen to that interview i think we're going to do a quick recap with how everybody's been and what everybody's been up to so we're going to start with uh with craig craig do you want to let us know what you've been doing uh, uh, work mainly and weekend uh, I, just, I just stayed in most of the time didn't really do much you say that every single time we do this podcast I know, you know, you must do some, something must have happened where you thought ah, that was alright yeah I had fun doing well, that mainly I was supposed to go to uh, New Brighton do the Seacombe to New Brighton walk, but we never got around to doing that. You just drove it instead? So, no, we just... She had a lot to do, so we just stayed in. What did she have to do then? She, she had to like, do the housework and you know, clean up and all that. Well, what were you doing? Watching her? I wasn't watching, I was just watching telly. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, you must... Mind, well, well, what, well, what have you done? Like, what did you have for your dinner tonight? What well, you know, give us something to work with. Um, for dinner. Sorry yeah, to start um, with such a hard question. Couple, just a couple of pasties. What was in them? Uh, uh, sausage and bean. Sausage and bean. I can't work with sausage and bean, mate. Scott, what have you done, mate? What have you been up to? Sausage um, and bean. I worked. Oh, come on, you're not giving me that as well, I worked. <laughs> what have you done? Come on. So anyways, it worked. I've uh, been doing the, the research for our guest, and man, we've got some doozies uh, in, in the woodworks, you know, and, and trying to learn about everybody, and uh, got a new new puppy. It's only seven weeks old, and uh, I'm sure you'll be sick of seeing pictures of her. And... Uh, yeah, just enjoying this really stupid cold weather that we're having. S- snows every other day. Yeah, that's about it, man. That, and that, I had a hot and I had hot dogs and potatoes for, for supper. Just thanks for asking. See, that's more like it. Hot dog. Why didn't you have fries though? Hot dog and fries is perfect. What are you messing around like, with potatoes I like for? Brown. No, I like cash browns. I'm that's a, a breakfast food. And you can have breakfast any time of the day. Yeah, I know, but you're messing around with hot dogs. It doesn't go. Tell him, Craig. It 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 goes. It went. It's gone. To me, I can you just eat anything you want. Breakfast, I mean, it's very. It's very southern. Fried potatoes with onions in it and parsley and garlic. It's very very southern. You're not in the south, though, are you? I'm south south of you, kinda. Uh. Anyway, I th- honestly, like, I, I'm, I've been a bit like Craig, to be honest. There's not a whole lot I've done apart from a lot of research for the podcast, really. Like Scott said, we've, we've like been kind of inundated with their guests because we asked a load of people all at once and everybody's basically said yes. So because they've said yes, we don't just want to like leave it for a while. We want to like, we want to bite them while, you know, we want to grab them while we can. So that's basically what we've been doing. Just a lot of research and we've got another great guest coming up after this one we can talk about it now actually because uh you know we've it's already done so it's not even going to jinx it we're not going to sit and dwell on it but we could tell them what's coming up yeah so at the, on episode 63 we've got uh, an interview with uh again another uh, comedic actor from the uk uh, his name is ewan mcintosh and uh, he is known for playing big keith from the uh, bbc sitcom the office and again i know i just said the same thing about only fools and horses but The Office is also ranked top as well. In fact, I think that was top for a while and uh, got knocked off by, I think it was Mrs. Brown's boys, which is just ridiculous. But um, <laughs> but you uh, do you know who Big Keith is, Craig, from The Office? Yeah. He's basically you with a beard. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got to talk to him, mate. Craig also, by the way, for our listeners, Craig never does interviews because he's terrible at them. I mean, you can tell now that we're trying to talk to him, we're his friends, and he doesn't want to talk, so there's no point in bringing in a guest because he doesn't care. He's got no enthusiasm at all for anything apart from when he breaks wind, so there's just no point. So me and Scott just do the interviews, and it works for you that way, doesn't it, Craig? Yeah. But, plus, uh, yeah plus, but, the, plus the time difference, you know? I mean, he's six hours ahead of me, four of you. You know, yeah. so that wouldn't make the slightest bit of difference if we were even on the same schedule. He would be exactly yeah, the same. This is what he's you've met the guy, Scott. You know what he's like. Anyway, yeah. So we got he's the... more he's more lively in person. So episode sixty three. Stay tuned for that one because uh, I was just it was so funny. Like we even we even kind of recreated one of the scenes that he does in the office with uh, Ricky Gervais, and it's just hilarious. I mean, just such a pleasure to talk to these people. You know, they're giving us their free time and uh, all you can do is thank them and just be very, very grateful. And just to touch up on you, we asked like a lot of people on and they all said, yeah. So it was almost like overwhelming that that we got hit with all the yeses, <laughs> like right off the bat. I yeah. Mean, you know. Well, we've done that in the past. We've asked a lot of people and half of them don't get back to us. Some of them are busy and then like one or two might say, yeah. So that's kind of what we do. We just... You know, we just cast the net wide and just pull in whatever's in the net. The net's usually full of holes and everything escapes. But this time, somebody must have patched the net up because we've got everybody in. So it's like, Jesus, what are we, what are we supposed to do now? So we've just basically tried to work it out to have every, you know, do all these pre-recorded interviews. So that's kind of what we're working on at the moment. So, yeah, anyway, I think we should now go through to our interview with John Chalice. I, th- I don't think we should have, keep people waiting for too much longer because a lot of listeners are probably going to be only Phil's and Horses fans because we're going to be pushing that out to them to listen to because, obviously, they're the ones that are going to want to hear the most about what John's got to say. So um, thanks for listening to us, to all your new listeners, and please stay tuned because uh, we're going to try and keep you entertained. But, um, Scott, you want to introduce... In fact, no, Craig, introduce the interview. It's the interview with Only Fools and Horses actor John Chalice, who plays Boise. Enjoy. Wow. <laughs> okay, now he got it right for once. Well, he nailed it. <laughs> Stick a party in me pocket. I'll fetch the suitcase from the van. Because if you want the best, but you don't ask questions, then, brother, I'm your man. Over the last two and a half years, the Mess Hall has got to talk to a lot of great actors, authors, and musicians, and today is no different. We are honored to have with us someone who is best known for his role as Boise from the award-winning comedy Only Fools and Horses. We're talking to John Chalice. Thank you for coming in here today. Well, it's a pleasure. Thank you for asking me, Scott. You know, we don't get the the show only fools and horses here so when i uh go visit gavin in canada we get to i get to sit and watch because he has the dvds and uh oh yeah and it i I love it man your character is amazing and uh i i can guarantee laughs out of that (laughs) yeah i know seems to have uh so you sort of struck a chord over the years. Um, it's amazing to me because uh, you know, when we started back in 1981, uh, it was just uh, another episode of, uh, of a series. You know, I'd done a lot of episodes of a lot of shows, and uh, I had no idea we'd still be talking about it all these years later. But uh, I thought he was such a, an unattractive character. He's so pompous and... Uh, <laughs> And superior, you know, but um, everybody started recognizing him. So I know someone like that, you know, and uh, so so that's why it caught on, and it's still popular today. And uh, and people impersonate uh, the character wherever I go, still to this day, you know. Why do you Why do you think that it it, it is still popular today? Because it is it's a very timeless show. There's a lot of shows that are kind of just lost in time, but like that one today, it still stands up. Yes, it does. Everybody, everybody says that. You're quite right. Uh, you know, when I'm doing my uh, one-man show, I meet a lot of people, and uh, I've written these books, written my uh, autobiography, and so we we go to a lot of functions, and uh, I sit there sign things, have my photograph taken, and uh, and sign the books, and um, 
And everybody's very, very complimentary about it. Um, and they all say the same thing, that uh, they keep watching it. It's on every day um, over here on, on uh, sort of cable, on Sky and uh, those Sky channels. And, um, and people watch it over and over again, and uh, they know it off by heart. And in fact, they probably know it better than we ever did, I think. You know, um, and they, and they never get tired of it, and uh, they say that the whole time. It never dates. It's, it's it's some of the some of the references have changed, obviously, you know, over <laughs> the years. But uh, but they but it's I just it just reached uh, just reached so many people in so many parts of the world, um, and it was that identification. It is amazing how, how how much it's still on as well, because like obviously I live in Canada now, but I was back for a month long visit just over Christmas. I got back last week, and uh, it was on like every day. It was on like it's just on TV all the time, and uh, and like you say, it's, yeah. you can watch it, and it, it's not like oh yeah, I've seen this one flick, you know, I've seen this one flick. You just you straight back into it, and you go, oh, this is the one where, and there's always a reference that comes to mind, but it never it, it never. Does, it- no, no, I was going to say, it does, drive, it just does drive people, some people mad. I, I uh, used to know a guy, and I lived in London, <clears throat> who got fed up with the whole thing. He said, oh, I've had only fools and horses. I'm fed up of hearing about it. I'm fed up of people <laughs> talking about you and the characters. So I say, yeah, I'm going on holiday. So I'm, yeah, so, so to get away from it, you see. So he went to, he went to India, a place called Goa, and uh, and I saw him when he came back about two weeks later. I said, uh, you know, <laughs> How did he go? No, no, I didn't say that. No, I said, uh, <laughs> how, how was it? He said, he said, he said, I, can't, I said, I can't believe it. He said, the first bar I walked into, television was on and Only Fools and Horses was on. And he said, <laughs> I ordered a drink and then you came on the screen. And he said, <laughs> it was on everywhere. Can't so get away from uh, he, he felt he could never get away from it, you know. You know, for a little bit, when, I, uh, when Gavin got me started uh, watching your show and all that, the laugh Boise's laugh is amazing. I actually oh, that had, laugh! Yeah, yeah. I, I actually had it as a ringtone on my phone because I, I I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm asked uh, I'm asked to do that uh, quite a lot. You know, it's quite <laughs> difficult to do from a standing start, though. You know, you it always came on the end of um, one of his jokes. You know, which he thought were hilarious, and uh, <laughs> uh, but it's difficult to do. You know, with with, uh, with nothing before it. So I do my best, but uh, I, th- I think I just about get away with it most of the time. So where did the, where did the laugh come from? Was it your idea, or or was it uh, was it John Sullivan's idea? Like where yeah, did it come no, from? It, it was it was a it was a complete it was a complete accident, really, because um, uh, if you look at the early episodes, you didn't laugh like that at all. Uh, but um, we were rehearsing one day and. Um, and it said in the script, oh, Boise laughs at uh, one of his own jokes or something. And I just did this this laugh, uh, sort of off the cuff. And it was, uh, it was a laugh that I remembered from a, a woman, actually. I knew, you know, in a, in a pub I used to uh, drink in in London. And, uh, and she, had, she used to sit always on her own, and she never spoke to anybody, really. But she had this cackle of a laugh. So you can imagine Boise's laugh in a, in a female form. <laughs> oh, and, you oh. know, she'd sit there... Dr- drinking a bottle of beer on her own, and then suddenly she'd go, <laughs> like this. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I just did it. And, uh, and everybody everybody laughed and said, oh, keep it in. So that's how it happened. It was a complete accident. It wasn't in the script at all. <laughs> so, uh, um, I mean, have you ever wished you hadn't started something? <laughs> 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 I've been doing it ever since, you know. Right. Uh, you, you know, and when I was, when I was, uh, Doing a little research on you, I uh, I came across a show that my grandchild loves now because uh, we started watching uh, an older show. Uh, Peter used to have uh, narrated it, but it's your uh, animation of uh, Doctor Snuggles. And uh, oh yeah, cool yeah. That was a while ago, but she loves it. She's four years old, and we we sat there watching it. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, it was a long time ago. Yeah, um, I think it was one of the great disappointments in my life, really, because I thought, oh, "Wow, Peter Ustinov!" I'm so looking forward to uh, to meeting Peter Ustinov, but I never did because because um, obviously he was such a big star. I mean, they just went and recorded him wherever he was, and I think he was in Geneva or something. And uh, but but um, we had to go to uh, Hilversum in Holland and do our recording. So I actually never met him. 
Wow. Although he uh, he played the doctor, and uh, so it was a big disappointment for me that really. But okay. it was great, great fun to do, and uh, and uh, so people still still see it and uh, and uh, and talk about it and want to know about it. So. And then you were in an episode of uh, the Great Doctor Who, Tom Baker years, and. Oh yes, that's right. Yes, that's uh, that's become um, uh, yeah. Since they put it out on uh, DVD, the the Seeds of Doom, um, it's it's become very popular. That and it's one of the favourite. Uh, all the uh, all the people who love Doctor Who, um, it's one of their favourite uh, stories. That and it was uh, there was a great. Um, I've got another story about. No, I was in uh, I was in America in. Um, Oh, what was it? 1979, 18. I was doing a Tom Stoppard play uh, in uh, Boston at the Wilbur Theatre, and uh, and there was a rather uh, irascible uh, stage doorkeeper, American guy, at the Wilbur Theatre, and um, he came over the tannoy after one matinee and said, "Mr. Charlotte, will you come to the stage door? There's about 50 half-witted people out there. They will not go away until they see you. Come and sort it out." <laughs> so, uh, so off, uh, so off I went, and it was the Doctor Who Appreciation Society of America, <laughs> and uh, and the Seeds of Doom was actually showing that week in Boston. So, uh, you know, so as I say, I, I did that in 1976, I think, and uh, by this time, as I say, it was 1979. So, uh, so I also remember it with great fondness uh, that story. Scott was uh, obviously doing doing research on you to be, to begin with. I said, you know, yeah, this is John Charles. He's, he's well known for being an only fools and horses. You know, check it out. So Scott goes off and does his thing, starts doing research, and comes back to me and says, um, "I found a podcast here that he's done, and it's uh, it's where he's talking about worm farms." And I was like, <laughs> "Worm farms?" And I was like, "And he's, Scott said, yeah, you know, where the apparently worm poo." Um, it germinates the soil and blah 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 and I said oh well I know he likes gardening so that that must be right so then I just went with it for a while and then I was like I need to listen to this podcast that he's talking about because John's not mentioned anything on Twitter about worm farms so I listened to it and it yeah. turns out there's some guy in Australia called John Chalice who's got who's got worm farms apparently so really? <laughs> like, oh, didn't know that yeah I'm oh. g- glad I double checked it to well, be honest we- <laughs> so we're all gonna for, make it. We all all gonna make a living somehow, I suppose. <laughs> you know, but but for like the longest time, I thought it was you, and I was like, man, I've gotta talk to uh, John about worms, man. You know, and <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, well, hey. yes, uh, yeah, they are very important to us all, of course. Uh, particularly if you, yeah, as you say, particularly if you like gardening, I mean, they're very important. So. There's so, so many, so many people, so many other things want to eat worms. That's a trouble. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, talk, talking about that as well. I know that you're a, a patron of the British Hedgehog Society. Um, how did you get yeah. involved with that? Uh, well, I just, I just uh, being a bit of a gardener, of course, I realised how uh, how valuable hedgehogs are are in the garden because they eat the uh, they eat slugs and things which eat all your plants if you're not careful. So they're very useful and also rather charming creatures. I think. Very secretive creature. You hardly ever see them. Um, and uh, and I heard about um, an island uh, off the Scottish, the west, the, the northwest Scottish coast, called South East U I S T. It's pronounced one of those little islands. And um, they'd been uh, there was a great thing there that uh, they were eating uh, seabird eggs. You see, and they and they got used to these eggs, and the seabirds were were diminishing because of that. So they were going to they were going to cull all the hedgehogs. They were going to destroy all the hedgehogs and take them off the island. So I heard about this, and um, I felt terribly sorry for them. And I thought, well, there must be something you can do here. And uh, I got in touch with some other people, and of course, uh, then it became a bit of a cause. And uh, and we said, well, why can't why can't you take the hedgehogs off the island and put them somewhere else, because because in England the uh, the numbers were diminishing and uh, they were uh, you know they were in trouble and the numbers were decreasing because of loss of habitat and so on. So uh, so this we got the scheme together where, whereby uh, they rounded up all the hedgehogs and brought them to England and started pushing them out uh, in places where there weren't many over here. Oh, that's um, amazing. So that's how that's how my involvement started, really. 
I absolutely miss hedgehogs because we we don't get them over here. And when I when I did live in England, oh, do you not at all? Not at no, all. no, we get something called groundhogs here, which are not the same. They're more of a pest. They're very cute, but they're like massive giant hamsters kind of thing, and they just dig holes everywhere. And uh, yeah, oh they, yes, I think I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they're great, yeah. but they're not like a he- hedgehogs are amazing. I mean, I I used to go on midnight walks back home, and I'd see them all the time. And I, I remember when my wife's Canadian and she lived with me in England for a while. And she'd never seen a hedgehog before, just obviously pictures. So I was out on a walk one night and I seen one. And it was in the middle of the road. It was actually the first time I'd ever seen one out, out and about. And so I walked over and he's just stopped. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's just stopped in the middle of the road. And I was like, I can't leave him there because I'm worried the car's going to come flying down here. So I tried to nudge him with my foot. And of course, yeah. he went into a ball and wouldn't move. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I took my jacket off and I picked him up. And I, I walked him over to, toward the curb. And then I thought... And I really want my wife to see this, but it's like one o'clock in the morning and she's asleep. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to wake her up. So I walked down the road, only lived one minute, two, two, about two minutes away from where I found the hedgehog. So I walked down the road with this little hedgehog in my jacket, went into the house, went upstairs, woke my wife up. She comes downstairs. I said, I've got something to show you. She's like, what is it? So I opened it up and showed her and she was obviously in, in a sleepy state. She said, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, I'm just showing you this is a hedgehog. But of course he was still in a ball, so... I took him back to where I found him and put him back, but um, they're so prickly. Like you didn't realise how prickly they are when you try and pick them up. But um, so cute. I just oh, no, I love them. Right. No, you got No, you got to you got to wear gloves or something. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you put it in the put it in the bed to surprise her or something. <laughs> God no, God, I wouldn't do that. But uh, no, it's just when I went over yeah. to, to nudge him, like he was he was moving really slow, and I thought, right, he needs to go quicker, so I'll give him a nudge. And as soon as I nudged him, straight into a ball and wouldn't move, and I thought, oh, this is the last thing we need in the middle of a road. So I, that's uh, that's when I picked him up, and then I had this bright idea to run him back home. But uh, and you can yeah. get him, you can actually you can get him as pets in Canada, but um, they're not around the streets or anything. They don't live in the wild here. No, uh, right. I know it's a big, it's a big. Uh big argument over here at the moment because you know you've heard about the badger cull and yeah. all that there's too many badgers and the farmers are saying oh, they're spreading uh, tuberculosis to the cattle and so on so uh, there's a bit of a cull going on and, uh, and of course a lot of people are up in arms about uh, hedgehog poor, poor old uh, badgers you know uh, there's a lot of demonstrations about you can't you mustn't kill these wild animals but of course to me someone who's very keen on badgers and I'm very keen on hedgehogs and of course, badgers uh, predate on hedgehogs. They sort of roll them over and, and kill them, you see. So I'm very torn because <laughs> I don't want to kill any wildlife at all. But uh, I could do with a few badgers because, because uh, we haven't got enough hedgehogs. You know, it's very difficult. Human beings have sort of really screwed it up, haven't they? Really? Yeah, big time. Yeah, they have. So it looks like. Uh... You're going to be like a real busy person in the upcoming weeks doing your uh, one-man show touring around. Was, I'm at the next show. It's January 26th in Wolverhampton. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. I, um, I, I've been doing the show now for about four years in sort of various forms. I started doing it on, uh, on cruise ships. You know, um, so you get to see parts of the world you haven't seen before, and uh, and you get a nice nice cruise for a sort of ten days or something for nothing, yeah. as long as you can get up on your hind legs and and talk to people. You know, that's how it started, really, because uh, somebody suggested I I did. I thought, well, I I mean, I I've, I've never done anything like it before. Surely people aren't going to be that interested, but of course they were, and then I got asked to do it more and more, and then it became. Um, this one man show, which is now uh, two hours long, and uh, and people seem to love it. It's on the back of my autobiography, as I say. So, because so many people ask me, you know, how did it happen, and where did you start, and why did you do it? And I started thinking about these things, and people find it very interesting. You know, and the thing I hear most is it's not only great fun and amusing, but also very interesting. Because, you know, I talk about the, the business and the, and the business of the of being a, a jobbing actor for 50 years, you know, it's, I've had a lot of adventures, you know, and the, but the way the business works, you know, people find very interesting as well. So, so there's a lot of interest on that level, but also, uh, I get to meet, um, a lot of the people who've, uh, put us where we are, you know, they're, they're the people who watch the telly and so on. And so it's, it's really nice to, uh, to meet people who've, um, 
who've done that. And, uh, and that's something I do after the show, you know, after the show's over, um, I sort of go front of house and uh, meet people and have my photo taken and uh, sign a few books. And it seems to work very well. People like that sort of personal contact, I think. Every time I every time I come back to visit, I'm always hopeful that there'll there'll be a you know a show of only fools and Boise around where where I am. But so far it hasn't happened. But I'm hoping one year I'll be in, around and I'll be able to come and meet you. That'd be great. Yes, I mean anybody who's interested out there, I mean you you just got to get on the, the website, which is uh, wigmorebooks.com, and there's an events page there, so it'll give everybody the the dates, you know, where I'm going to be at a, at a certain time. So it's, it's great. And I mean, a lot of people, um, a lot of people are sort of very disappointed. They can't, you know, they can't, they can't see it for some, some reason, but, uh, but that list is there and it's, and, uh, as I said, I've been doing it for four years. So I, I've got to most places, I think, <laughs> but not to Chicago. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yet, you know. But I'll be in the U. I'll be at the UK hopefully in October of 2019. I know it's a long ways away, but you never you know. know. It'll be my first time there, and it's one place I've always wanted to go in my life. So we're. Uh, oh, great! Yeah. Well, I, I, as I say, I don't, I don't obviously know. You know what what the future holds, but the show seems so popular, and uh, people keep asking me to do it. So I dare say, I'll be uh, I'll be uh, at a theatre somewhere. Doing you know, it. so it'd be great to great to see you. And it's got to be a great payoff, honestly. To you know, like when you're behind the TV, you, you don't get to see the people's reactions, but when you're live on stage, you get to see them laughing at your jokes and uh, your stories, and that's got to be such a great thrill. Well, it is. I, it's, um, it's, it's, it's the first thing I saw when I, was, uh, when I was a kid, and I saw Peter Pan in London, and uh, that's when I sort of fell in love with the, with the live theatre, really. I just thought it was the most magical thing. And, uh, and that's when I, when I started. I, I did a lot of repertory theatre all over the country, and also children's theatre and so on, and um, and that's that's I say that's that's what attracted me first. So there's nothing like that. There's nothing like uh, going out on stage and uh, and having uh, having that audience listening to you and as you say reacting to what you're doing. You know, it's I, I'm a great admirer of stand-up comedy. You know, these guys who can stand up and be funny and uh, and my God, that's that's really brave to do that. Um, so I'm not I'm not really a stand-up comic, but I'm a great admirer of them, and uh, and uh, and uh, some of the stories I tell, I mean, I'm a storyteller. I'm not a joke teller, really, I'm, I'm, but I tell stories, and I've got to, I've got quite a lot of stories. So, but, but they do. It's very gratifying when they work because it's just you, it's just you up there, and uh, and it's your words. You know, that's the other thing. Right. Because most actors, you know, on the stage, it's somebody else's script, you know, so you can hide, but you say, well, it's not my fault. That's what he wrote. You know? <laughs> but in this case, of course, it's, it's what you wrote. So uh, it's all up to you. But it's quite exciting to do that. Uh, you mentioned there that you're, you're a storyteller and obviously you've got your two autobiographies out, but you've also written two novels, the, the Reggie series. Um, how, how did you, where did that idea come from to, to get involved? Because I know that the character Reggie is kind of based on a little bit of you, a little bit of uh, Boise, and uh, somebody that you, you know personally as well. Well, it's all a sort of a, a great progression, really, because, uh, you know, it started off with Only Falls and Horses, and then uh, when I moved out of London um, almost 20 years ago now uh, to the country. Um, we found uh, an extraordinary ancient... Um, a building that was in need of a lot of repair and uh, we found out that my wife had a, a sort of an ancestral connection to it you know going right back to the dissolution of the monasteries and this was an abbot's lodging which is connected to a, a ruined uh, ruined abbey because you know Henry VIII just dissolved all the monasteries and they all fell into disrepair and this is a great survivor you see and we thought well we've got to have a go at this and uh, it's much too big and much too far. Everything was wrong with it, really. But it's such a personal connection. And um, after that, just after that, I had a birthday party, and uh, John Sullivan, the writer of Only Fools and Horses, came to the party, and uh, he just had this. He just saw me completely out of context, you know, in this country setting with this great big house, and 
And that's how the Green Green Grass happened, which was the spin-off series <laughs> from Only Fools and Horses, Boise and Marlene in the country. And it reflected me, really, um, because although I wasn't a complete townie, I'd always wanted to live in the country, and I'd done a bit of growing up in the country, so I knew a bit about it. But I met the most extraordinary characters and heard the most extraordinary stories. And uh, as I've always written stuff down, I started writing these down, you see. And uh, so a lot of those stories became the uh, inspiration for, for that spin-off series. And, uh, well, I've written two novels about this new character called Reggie, who's, uh, who's me, really, um, but all what I'd like to be, you know. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and I'm trying to get that on the television as well, but it's all part of the same story and my, my experience, I suppose, really. Do you have any plans to write any more? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, um, I'm, I, I'm trying to get another one out this year. I've written two uh, Reggie novels, um, and uh, this year hopefully there'll be a third. But I've been working on, a, on a, a book about the house and about the history of the house and the story of how we got here. And uh, also the fact that we created a garden since we've been here, uh, which is one of the reasons for moving here. And um, and it's been an extraordinary experience. So now we've got this great big sort of coffee table book, which cost a fortune, I have to say. <laughs> but it's been it's been it's, <laughs> it's been absolutely worth it. You know, so it's a real uh, a real uh, history of the house. So so that's what I've been doing. So, but I think hopefully there'll be another Reggie book next year. That'll that's, be great. The, that's the idea, anyway. And and the, the, mm. the gar- your garden is is wonderful. I mean, I've seen some of the photos you posted, and I've got a garden outside. It's more of a yard, and I've, I'm trying my best to try and get into growing certain things. But it's uh, it's tough. But your garden is amazing. Well, yes, I, uh, as I say, you know, this is something that crept up on me really, uh, because my my parents were always uh, trying to get me to uh, help them in the garden. And of course, uh, being a rather difficult child, I, I, I did everything to avoid it. But of course, as soon as you get your own place and you've got a bit of space, you start thinking about it, you know. And um, when I first uh, lived in London in a flat, I had a little yard and uh, I tried to grow things. It became quite a fascination, really. Um, and I opened a garden centre at one point when I was uh, when I didn't have much work around, and that was a big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot about gardening, but lost a lot of money, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, but it's always remained with me that uh, that fascination for it, and uh, and to have the space to do it is a is a great uh, is a great thing um, to experience. Made a lot of mis- still making a lot of mistakes, but uh, it is endlessly fascinating. I think. Oh yeah, it's it's all trial and error, isn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So it's all part of the it's all part of that story, and uh, you know, so this is what I talk about uh, during the show, you know, and uh, and I think people. Well, I that's what people say. They find it all very interesting how how everything sort of connects up, you know. Uh, well, John, we're we're, hmm. we're going to not keep you much longer. Um, if you could just give us the website again, so people can obviously find you the the four books that you've got available now, and obviously the tour dates for your up and coming tour as well. What was the website? The website is uh, Wigmore Books. That's W I G M O R E Books, all one word, all in uh, lowercase, obviously. Dot com. So if you get onto that, then there's an events page, and it'll give you sort of information about where the tour is going. Doing about 12 dates, I think, in this this little bit. Well, there'll probably be more in the autumn because uh, a lot of a lot of people want to want the show. Um, but it's just a question of what the hell's going to happen. Well, nobody nobody quite knows what's going to happen. Uh, so I, I'm not sure whether the autumn dates uh, are going to work out or not, but uh, but certainly those spring dates is about uh, is about 12, as I say, starting in starting in the beginning of March, second of March, fourth of March are the first two, I think. Uh, so if you get onto that and the events page, and that'll tell you, you know, also about uh, you know other things I'm going to be doing or or have done or because you know the phone, the phone sort of goes on quite a regular basis. You know, will I come and do this? Will I come and do that? And uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I do. <laughs> uh, it just depends on what it is. <laughs> you know, John, I, we we really appreciate your time, and, and I will keep uh, trying to get uh, on it and watching more of your st- your shows and all that and finding them, and, and uh, thank you. 
Thank you for everything. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been fascinating talking to you, and I uh, hope to see you over here. Uh, I, Cheers, I'll John. It's, it really is great to, to have spoke to you. I've been a fan of yours for many, many years now, and uh, you know we're trying our best to get this podcast off the ground and up. And it's it's thanks to people like you for giving us your time, and it, it was what helps us branch out basically. So honestly, bottom of my heart, thanks so much for giving us your time. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Have a great new year. We got some half-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freezing, David Bowie LPs, ball games, gold chains, what's the names and that a bush? And Trevor Francis tracksuits from a mush in Shepherd's Bush, 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 Bush. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a straw. the interview with john and uh we really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and like like i said we learned a lot during it you know we learned about his books that gavin brought up with him and, and uh talked to him about his one-man shows and and hedgehogs and hedgehogs I, I can't forget about hedgehogs and not sonic uh so and what about worms as well i mean what an uh, idiot you are you're the one that told me that that was the podcast. I didn't. I would have never found it. But All you right. said, here's John. Here's You go, here's a, a James Wales show. I listened to it. And you're like, here's another one. It talks about worms and all that. And uh, never listened to John it, though? Likes... No, you never listened to it. But because I don't really know what John sounds like. Well, I he sounds British, it. not Australian. You know what? It's it's some some characteristics are the same. Oh, that's offensive. Uh, you're just the same as the Canadians, aren't you? You know, <laughs> it's just offensive. It's a, literally like okay. I, I admit it was me that said oh because I looked. I just typed in John Chalice on on the uh, podcast app. All this stuff came up on John Chalice, and I just I gave you the links and said, do this one, do this one. I know he likes gardening, and this one was a gardening one. There you go, John Chalice. Never listened to it. Assumed you would be able to pick up on the fact that it's an Australian guy talking and not a bloody posh English guy. And then this but is what they, happens. They said he acts. They said he acts too. That whoever that John Chalice was, you know. So I just said, hey, okay, go with it. And he talked about worm poop and raising worms and and cultivating the feces from a worm and making it garden. I'm just you so know? glad that I just checked that out. Like, literally half an hour before we were due to record, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to have a little listen to this now. You know, Scott's covered it, but I'll have a listen anyway. He listened, and it wasn't even him. So, like, if, I'm so glad, because Scott would have said, so what, what's your uh, what's your views on worm shit? You know. <laughs> but then but then you brought it up with John anyways. Yeah, I had to. He got a laugh out of it. I know, and he got a laugh as well. To be fair, we but we were both laughing at you. Only fools. <laughs> yeah, I was a fool. I'll get I'll get that. But uh, next time I'll, I'll listen to the people's voices before on YouTube, so we don't fall into that thing again. So I could tell you that you're a fool for even thinking that he's talking about worm poop. I just went off the name. That's all I went off. You went off the vocal. Completely different. Kinda, you kinda sound not unlike Australians. Kind of thank goodness about uh, it wasn't him because wow, that would have really been kind of boring, huh? Well, you say that now, but I've got the other John Chalice coming on next week. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So before we go, Craig, you haven't said Harley Jack on this on this on this episode, so you need to do something with your life, Craig. You're gonna have to talk now, mate. So what? Can we ask Craig to get him to talk? You know, we're not doing any features on this episode, but, you know, we we try to have fun. We try to have different features. Uh, Gavin puts together, together the most amazing jingles for each one. You, you know, we got food reviews. Uh, I suppose we've uh, got a jingle from John. Yeah, we got a jingle from John, yeah. In a boisey voice, or just... <laughs> no, he does it. He, I'll tell you what, we'll play it now. 
Hi, this is John Chalice here, uh, probably better known as uh, Boising from Only Fools and Horses. And I want, uh, I want you to listen to the mm. Majors Mess Hall podcast. Yeah, as you can see there, he does it at the end, like so. Oh, and we also got one off Ewan from the office as well. <laughs> we basically we get a jingle off everyone we talk to. We just don't always use them. You don't even listen to the podcast. So I don't know what you're asking for. Craig never <laughs> listens back to the shows. Only when keeps you play them. He keeps it all fresh in I his still, mind. I still like the Chicago one. God, we did the one Christmas episode. One wasn't, Christmas one wasn't result. It was good. He only listened to that because I I played it for him when I was back in England at Christmas. <laughs> But the uh, see if you like that one, then maybe you should think. Well, maybe I like other ones. Have you should have a listen, Craig. You <sighs> weird listen to the very first episode because don't have to go that far back. And hey, again, I don't like listening to my own voice. Also, we got some kind of big news. Let's <laughs> change the subject. Change what? the subject. Well, Craig don't <laughs> care. He... <laughs> <laughs> No, Craig, go ahead, man. Talk about uh, don't, how you don't listen on. to the show. Let's uh, see, don't go on. <laughs> uh, Major's Vessel is going to be uh, hopefully on a new uh, a new home pretty soon. You know, we're already on the Armed Forces, uh, well, excuse me, Armed Forces Radio Network. And now, in two weeks, we are going to be on uh, a radio comedy radio network called Jokes and Jams. You know, where they play comedy 24 hours and music. So uh, that's from Mad Hatter Productions. Uh, yeah, they're going to be helping us out as much as they can and vice versa. Yeah, I can't wait for that as well. Just helps us branch out a little bit more. And and they are bringing in some uh, pretty big name guests, so be good for us. Of course, Hopefully. of course, you know, we're always open to, you know, having anybody on that they're willing to let us have on to have a chat with them. Um, just a slight change of subject again. It's going to go back the other way to Craig. Craig, I'm going to let you now very quickly give out the details for our pub crawlers coming up in May. Go. Um, well, I forgot what the date is. Oh. Come on, mate. Uh, it's in May. I know that. Well, I just said that, so yeah. There's only 31 days of May, so you're narrow- narrowing it down. I'll come on, uh, I'll come on the 5th. We're actually broadcasting the you thinking now. No. So it'll be the weekend after that. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry about this, guys. It's the 19th, then, yeah. Correct. 19th, Saturday the 19th in Halifax. We haven't picked a destination. We haven't picked a, you know, a location yet to meet at. Um, but it may well be the Split Crow because it was last time. But we might change it up. Yes. Meet somewhere. All right, calm down about the Split Crow, will you? Getting excited because he had, he had deep fried pepperoni. I know. No Fried pepperoni. I forgot about that. <laughs> no, that was really good. We all enjoyed it. We had a fun time, so we're basically going to hit every bar back up that we hit before. I, I meant. I mean, are you sure you want to meet in the split crowd? Because remember, last time there was you had to pay to get in after a certain time. Yeah, true. Unless, unless you really want people to pay to get in. Yeah, you yeah, we'll made think, a good point there. We may go to Boston Pizza across the street. No, no, it ain't even a street. Yeah, we'll, we'll avoid unless... the split crowd, Craig. That's the most sensible thing you've ever said, mate. I, I agree there. Definitely, we'll avoid the split crow. Forget it. It's not time, not going. The last time I went to Boston Pizza, you smeared chocolate on my nose. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, you were eating those chocolate things and you rubbed it in my face. God, you make it you make it sound sexual. Uh, you were pretty mean, man. Well, you, we're, yeah, we're but you didn't make it sound mean. You made it sound Mar- like it was like a sexual thing. First of all, explain it was a table full of people and I was showing off. It was just us and it was a candlelight dinner. <sighs> God. And and Gavin <laughs> scooted in real close to me, and he looked at me in my eyes and tried to figure out who I was looking at. And then he said, and, your breath stinks, have a mint. And then carried on. <laughs> right, so uh, we'll move on from that. But yeah, we'll meet, I think, the Red Stag, Craig. Like, Craig, pick the, where are we meeting, mate? <sighs> um, 
stop, oh, stop oh. taking forever to think because it's all dead air I'm now. I'm just thinking what people would be interested in meeting. Like, Red Stag is kind of far away. Yeah, but we're going everywhere. There's nothing far away in, in downtown. I know. You throw a stone and... Yeah, but you've got, like, Boston and you've got, like, uh, the Argyle. Um, you've got the Irish bar opposite the Argyle. You've got... What's that? that uh, Humphrey Murphy's or whatever? Or... With the 60 something uh, plums. Salt and plums. Maxwell's plum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you also, I said you also got salt and plums. No, I said something. You just say words. That's all. You just said, pick a word I said and say something. Something plums. Salty. But, uh, I mean, we're going to hit all of it up. I, there's a new bar, and I forgot the name of it now, but um, it's where. It's where the Argyle was, Craig, because that's gone now. I think it's called, like... Oh, I can't even... It's something to do with beers, like pints or something. But we'll go there. I just don't know what it's called, so I can't... This is terrible, isn't it? We're supposed to be giving out the details here, and we don't know what we're doing. I apologise. No, I mean... Well, well, no. Closer to the time. Yeah, one thing, you know... We'll meet at the Red Stag. Call yeah. it a day, and we'll walk around, and, and just have fun. And, uh... Kirk, Alex... Uh, Mushy, Steve, Colin, I really, you guys listening or whatever, really hope you guys come, you know, and, and hope uh, Michelle could stay longer than a uh, half hour with us this time. Yeah. And uh, Craig, make sure you shake Steve's hand. I'm sure about that, will you? I know, but no, it was because rude, I went to go shake bad. His, it wasn't I went rude, to go I just didn't see his, him stick his hand out. You know what? I went to go shake his hand in March when I went to see him last time, or when they came and seen us. And and he just looked at it, and he said, "Craig didn't shake my hand. I'm not shaking yours." <laughs> <laughs> so he, he remembers, man. He really remembers. Yeah, if I remember. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. We're going to wrap it up now. So that was episode sixty-two of Mages Mess Hall. Um, we are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune and Radio, Google Play, uh, Weeby Geeks Network. If you go to, uh, I can't remember the name of the website, but type in Weeby Geeks on Google and you'll find it. We're on there. Uh, we're on the Armed Forces Radio Network, um, soon to be on Jokes and Jams, which is a Mad Hatter's production. So uh, find us, like us, share us. This share is my, us. My impression of Scott now. Like us, share us, follow us, and we're going to be there. I thought I was listening to myself. But well, that's a cool version. You like us, yeah. But really, it's like us, share us, follow us, and we're gonna be there. Fucking voice on helium. <laughs> yeah, when you suck on a balloon. I gotta go. <laughs> see you guys. Yeah. Oh, that was my kid in cheese, but okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>